come on, why don't you stay standing? Why don't we cheer Jesus Christ, the King? Why don't we cheer Him? Come on, give Him a massive cheer. Lord, we thank You, God. We thank You for Your transformational power. We thank You, God, that nothing's impossible with You. Jesus, we glorify Your name today. Come on, His presence is right here. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We, Lord, open our ears to hear Your Word today. We open the eyes of our heart to see You today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen, Amen. Come on. Awesome. Thank You so much. Why don't you give the band a cheer? You're awesome. So good. Thank you so much. I'll be inviting you back. Just come back. Just come back in 25 minutes or something. Come back. How are you? I haven't been to C3 Church Silverwater for a while, so it's great to be back. Some of you might know me. Um, I might be new to some of you. So I'm Nick Gibb, uh, short but scary. No, not really. No, um, I've got to, I want to, I'm coming here to encourage you today. That's my modus operandus. That's my motive today is to encourage the body of Christ, to encourage each person here today, because I know that the real battle that we go through in life, it happens up here, doesn't it, in our mind. And, you know, we're talking, there's a series um, that we're talking through at the moment. It's called On Top of Your World. And uh, this week we're focusing on your mindset, you know, how we can transform the mind. But just before I head into that, um, I did want to mention that you've got next steps here, right? And I believe that this week is the first week, step one, make C3 home. And so you can decide to go after the service, to go and, and do your next step. You know, steps are really good. You know, God... God builds us in taking one step at a time. So maybe you're here and you haven't made C3 home. You can do that after the service. Just needed to mention that. But you know how important it is, is the mind, isn't it? Yeah. And um, my message today is called, but you, but how? Say, but you, but, you. but how? And um, that will make sense as we go along. But I want to shake, shake us back into faith here. I mean, I mean, we live by faith, but sometimes, you know, during the week, we, our faith can get a bit leaky, you know, we, and we can have like a discourage. Who's had a discouragement, discouraging moment this week? You know, I had one discouraging, really discouraging moment this week where it just seemed to get on top of me and I, I kind of lost all my faith. I know, Brett, Linda, you wouldn't do that because you're a man of faith. But Look, I want to encourage you because I believe that you're going to a whole new anointing. There's a whole new level coming upon you because C3 Silverwater Church here is going to be known as a place of miracles. And I can see you ushering in so many powerful miracles in people's lives. They're going to look at the people that you prayed for and they're going to go, but you, but how? But you, but how? But you were in a wheelchair and now you're walking. But you had cancer and now you don't. But you, but how? But you, but how? I believe that C3 Church Silverwater is going to be a whole church full of but you, but how moments. Do you believe that? Come on. I believe it. 
Do you know, since, uh, since that happened in the media, C3 Care's website got a, a fresh 150 hits the next day. Because they gave us a free ad. Did you see that? Free advertisement. They said at Silverwater, right? They said at Silverwater, there's a C3 Cares. And so I believe people are going to come to you because of what they just said. And, um, you know, they're going to get saved, born again, on fire for Jesus Christ. And people are going to go, but you, but how? Because maybe they were a full-blown, you know, dedicated Muslim person but they met Jesus Christ and their family's going to go, but you, but how? But, but this is possible with God, you know, but you, but how? And I wanted to bring this, this message. We're gonna, I'm just going to shake us through, through some encouragement. I love the word encourage. It means to put courage in. I've encouraged you, you hot mama, you. You want to be a hot mama one day, but you're not a mama yet. But have you got a boyfriend? Oh, my goodness. What is going on there? Well, seriously, one's coming. You are gorgeous. How gorgeous is she? Come on, give her a round of applause. Beautiful. On the inside and out. And I believe God's, God's got such a man of God for you. You are a leader. You know, you are a preacher in your own right. I see you preaching the gospel, many, many people getting saved, and God's just getting that man ready for you, my sister. I tell you. I tell you the truth. And they're going to go, but you, but how? They're going to say, but you, but how? Romans, Romans 12, 2, come with me. Come on, look at this scripture. This is powerful. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Who wants God's good and pleasing and perfect will? Who? I want God's pleasing, perfect will. I don't want just my version of things. I want God's version, you know. And um, this is, you know, there's facts. There's the facts and then there's the truth. And the Bible has the truth written in it. This is the truth. There is only one way to God. It's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through Him. That's the truth. You know, and, uh, you know, the truth, the truth is that nothing's impossible with God. You know, the facts could be you might have cancer. You know, my best friend's got brain cancer right now. And uh, she's not looking at the facts. She's looking at the truth. The truth is she's already healed in Jesus' name. You know, and when I was discouraged this week, I was like, oh, how can you be discouraged, Nick? Your best friend has brain cancer and she's got the best attitude I've ever seen in my entire life. She's full of faith. And I was about to take her to her radiation appointment and I was just like, oh, God, what, should I, what can I do? Oh, I know she loves my chocolate brownies. I'll make her some chocolate brownies and some banana bread because I do all these, you know, these cooking things. And I took her because I, I had nothing, but I had something. I had, no, but I had nothing in my tank, but I had something in my house. And so I just made some good stuff and then gave it to her and took it to her appointment. And she's full of faith, but I just, just got out of discouragement and into encouragement just like that because I used kingdom thinking. I gave, I gave something and it made me, it encouraged me, you know, because Proverbs 11.25 says this, such a powerful truth. This is the truth. 
Those who encourage others will themselves be encouraged. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So as I encouraged her, I just felt encouraged. She didn't even need encouraging. (laughs) She is amazing. She is already healed. But you know, there's this story in the Bible I see see in Acts 3, the story of uh, Peter and uh, healing the crippled beggar. You'll know that story, Pastor Brett, won't you? Because you probably would have studied it 10 million times. But you know, um, Acts... In Acts 3, Peter heals the the crippled beggar. And you know, this man, he's outside the temple every single day. People know him. People know that's that's that beggar. You know, he's always hassling us for for money as we pass. Right? That's that guy. He's known, known by people. And uh, boxed by people. You know, he's a beggar. And he's been there for years, actually probably 20, 30 years, I think it says in the Bible. Years. I can't remember what it says. But in, and then in Acts 4, it says this about the beggar, that Peter and John walk past and he, he, he's, you know, he's got his hand out. And, he's, and they say back to him, they say, you know, we don't, we don't have that to give you, but what we do have will give you. And that's the power. That's tra- I'm about to give you transformational power that will have you not crippled, but walking. I've got transformational power that can change your life. And as he reaches out to grab this beggar by the hand, this beggar stands up on his feet and receives a miracle by faith. And now he's like jumping and dancing around. I can't believe it that the power of Jesus just just hit his life and he goes into the temple to show himself and every single person in there is just, but you, but how? But, but you. Unbelievable. This is the God we serve. That he can, this is powerful God. That He can transform you by the, how though? By the renewing of your mind, by getting the truth into us and transforming our situation. But you better have, it's so incredible. In Acts 4.14, can we bring that scripture up? But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. People are gonna look at C3 Church Silverwater and go, there's nothing we can say. That person over there got healed. That person over there got set free. That person over there is now a millionaire. They were in poverty. That person, that, this is the type of transformational power we're talking about that's available, but we need to work the cross. The cross, Jesus went to the cross to set us free, to save us to deliver us from evil. Now we have the keys to the kingdom. We have the rights that Jesus gave us. He gave us all authority to tread on serpents and snakes. He gave us authority to tread on the enemy. That is why my best friend is not worried about brain cancer because the devil's under her feet. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, that's maybe a fact, but the truth is I am healed. You see that, amen? You know, I uh, back in one of my former lives, I was a tour guide. I was telling them, I was, a tour, I was telling Alex and Jess, and I was a tour guide for Top Deck Travel and, um, in Europe, because they've just come back from Europe. That's how we got onto it. And um, I spent four years on the buses, the bus tours, for 18 to 35 tours around Europe. And I was the tour leader. And, um, 
Anyway, it was a crazy job. Um, I'll show you the photo just of the bus. Can, I, can we bring up the photo just of the bus? Just to show you, there I am. There I am. That was me. This was like 30 years on now. But they're the buses that we used to travel on. We could sleep 26 people on that bus. All the top of the bus was, um, don't bring the next photo yet, was um, bunk beds. We had a kitchen. We could cook. We'd go from country to country around Europe. Anyway, I worked with them for four years when I was 23 years old to the age of 27, you see. This was before I knew Christ. Just so you make that clear. This was before I knew Christ. And, um, you know, we, we, they were drunken, terrible tours. Like, we would get drunk every night, and I was just crazy. I got a bit of a reputation as being the craziest tour guide on the, on the job. And so people would want to book my tours because they'd know that we would have the most fun. And uh, I could tell you some stories, but not from the pulpit. But anyway, what happened was every, I, I worked for them for four years, and I got kind of, kind of known as that girl, kind of known as that crazy girl. And uh, one of the reasons is because I went to the beer festival, we, had, we would stop at the beer festival, and one of the reasons I got known quite well was that there was a famous story at the beer festival where I got arrested, and I was the tour guide. And um, so the bus couldn't leave the next morning because I was in jail. And um, everybody... So, so, so all, when I, I got locked up, you're thinking, why did you get locked up? I've got to be careful what I say here. Look, I'm, I'm not saying there was nudity involved, but there could have been just a little bit at the beer festival. And the police didn't take kindly to it. Anyway, I got locked up because I kept pushing the envelope. Anyway, the next day when I walked in, the whole campground let out this massive cheer as I walked in because now we could all leave because I was home, you know, we could keep traveling on. Anyway, I got this bit of a reputation. I was known, a bit like the crippled beggar, known for something. I was known for that. Anyway, every year after not working for Top Deck, they'd invite me back to the Top Deck reunions. And you see, this is 30 years on now, right? And every year, then I met Christ two years later. So from, I met Jesus Christ when I was 29 years old. I was broken, addicted, crazy, hopeless, had no vision for my life, and I met Jesus Christ and he transformed me. Amen, I love Jesus. I was addicted to drugs for like 15 years. And when I met Jesus, every addiction just completely fell off my life. I went from being trapped in sin to being set free from sin. And I had a spinal injury from a diving accident that I sustained when I was 14 years old and I was in chronic pain for 15 years. When I met Jesus, I got completely healed and I'm now, my spine is straight, my hips are straight, my neck is set free and I'm out of pain. And I've been out of pain ever since I met Jesus Christ. And um, I'm transformed, you understand? So when I get these top deck reunion dates, I'm like, I don't want to go back there because like, you know, it's, I know what it's going to be. They have a whole weekend of drinking. And uh, one of the other things I got set free from was alcohol. So I don't even drink 
right? So I think, why would I go to a top tip reunion where they're going to drink all weekend and I don't even drink? That's not going to be much fun, right? Send, send, send Mick. You can go to the next one. You're coming with me as my bodyguard. I found out I needed a bodyguard, actually. So then anyway, but this year I got the, I get the invitation. I keep in contact on Facebook with a couple of the old tour guides and, and, and the drivers. And this year it, I got the invitation again and I felt the Holy Spirit go, I want you to go. Wow. I'm like, What? And then I found out why, because they have a theme every year, you see. And this year's theme was Oktoberfest. And well, it just made sense to me. Get the lederhosen out, right? So this is me in the lederhosen. In January, I go to the Top Deck reunion. There's me and the driver, the old drivers. Do you like my lederhosen? How cool is that? Anyway, on the way to the on the way, I had everything packed up. I said to the Lord, maybe I'll just go for an hour because the whole weekend. Maybe I'll just go for a day. Maybe I'll just, I'll just see what happens, but give myself an out because, you know, it's going to be... They, they, some, of them will, some of them knew that I'd turn into a Christian, but a lot of them didn't. And there's 300 people there. And they're all old drivers and old tour guides that knew me as that girl. So I turn up in my lederhosen, but on the way there, I stop off at a coffee shop to get my coffee. And you know when you get a coffee and it's made with love? Or you get a coffee and it's not made with love? There's like a vast difference, right? So I stop at this bakery and I get the, and the bad barista was on and I went, oh no, she's going to make me a coffee with no love. So anyway, I was desperate. I had to get it. I'm in the, I'm in the car and I said to the Lord, you know, here I go, Lord. I'll just say a quick prayer. I'm going up to this top debt reunion. God, use me. I don't know what, why you want me to go, but I'd, I'd, you know, just use me. Help me. Help me. And um, God, why is this coffee so bad? Like, why? This is not made with love. And I said, you know, May it be, when you make something with love, there's just this touch on it, right? And the Holy Spirit said, I made you with love. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lord. You, that, oh. You, oh. And then in a, in a millisecond, I saw all the people I was going up to see at the Top Debt Reunion. He made them with love too. Wow. I'm like, okay, so I've got the vision now. I've got the, I've got the orders from the boss. Just go up there and love them. So I go up there and um, I get out of the car and everybody's speechless. They just because they found out the word's gone around the camp that Nicola Gibb is a Christian minister. They're like, but you, but how? Some of them were that confused, they couldn't even speak. They were a bit like these people in the Bible that looked at that man, and since they saw he was healed, there was nothing they could say. And, since, and what happened over the course of the, I stayed one night, I got through one night, didn't get any sleep, but what happened was God gave me a little bit of a, a clue. So, so the night got a bit rowdy. People were just coming up to me left, right, and said, but you, but how? but you, that's all they said to me, but you, but how? So I'd tell them the story. 
about how I got healed, how I got set free from my addictions, how Jesus did. I told my story maybe a hundred times that weekend. It was amazing. I just one-on-one, one-on-one. In one point, one point, one of them said, we should just give you a microphone and you could tell us all at once. I said, go right ahead. I'll do that. <laughs> because I was just going from person to, I was at the same story over and over and over. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, because I'm on team Jesus. I'm not ashamed of His name. I get it out wherever I can. My, my Saviour's name is Jesus, right? He's, he's, he's Jesus. I say, yeah, Jesus healed me. Jesus set me free. They were just in awe. I couldn't believe it. And uh, it was funny because um, this is what I was dealing with. These are some of the people. We'll bring up the third photo. This is the environment I was in. There you go. Just to show you, that's what I was talking to for a whole weekend. That and the Christian minister. And they were saying, but you, but how? I was saying, but you, but how? (laughs) Too funny, you can bring that down. I just wanna show you that because sometimes God will take you straight back into the middle of your past so that you can shine so bright and you can shine so light and you can give glory to God in such a powerful way. And you don't even have to say anything. You just have to stand there and be a testimony of Jesus because they'll be speechless and they'll be like, but you, but how? You know, it's amazing. And uh, all I did was stand. I I had to get behind the bar at some stage because it was getting a bit risky. I did need a bodyguard. And um, not because of my, you know, top, top model looks or anything, but just because they were so drunk, they probably thought I had top model looks. You know, but I got behind the bar and I'm, I was too short to, because I used to be a barmaid in a former life as well, I was too short to see up above the bar. So I got a milk crate, a bucket actually, a, a plastic bucket. I stood on the plastic bucket so I could reach the alcohol. And I lit, I don't even drink, but I served them alcohol all night. And every drink I'd serve across the bar, I'd go, that's made with love. That, that's made with love. And I drew a crowd they're all, all the old drivers and people that had no, known me, they're all around the bar just. <laughs> but then they found out I don't drink alcohol. And they're like, but, but you're a Christian minister and you're serving us alcohol? Like they were screwing with their religion. Right. <laughs> it was messing them up. I loved it. I was like, yeah, that's made with love. That's made with love. I was just served drinks. I served drinks for five hours on a plastic bucket. My feet were killing me. But I, but I was serving a measure of grace mixed with mercy, mixed with the power of God. And I mixed it all up with this just unconditional love and stirred it round with no judgment and served each drink as God, as Jesus was serving them. Because see, Jesus said, I am the great light. He is the great light. But then he said in Matthew 5, he said about us that we are now the light. We are the light of the world. We're to go. I want to share that story with you because, because you know, we have to be amongst it. We, we, we have to get in the world. Not all, we don't be of the world, but we need to be in the world. 
And that's why the Holy Spirit wanted to send me on that tour. You know, because we're on tour with the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit can take us to the very lost people that He knows are ready to hear the gospel. And you know, out of that, it was so amazing. I got to tell my story that many times that weekend. So I literally drove away crying my eyes out going, I know that you just used me in that situation. I can't see how far you used me because you'll never get to see your fruit here on earth. Because, But if you just continue to sow and be the light and encourage people, and you know, I just spent the whole weekend encouraging people and saying positive things to them and showing them the love of God. And it was just such a powerful, I was bawling my eyes out going, oh, just there's just gonna be so much good stuff out of that. Got home, there was a message from one of the drivers said, can we, can we have coffee? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we met up for coffee. So he's like, I just need to hear your story. Like, I really need to hear it. And you know, that was one occasion. And then another lady, she got in contact with me on Facebook. She's like, I heard you go to that C3 church. And I go, yeah, that's right. She goes, I have, I've just taken on this post. I'm the manager of a nursing home. And right, I look outside my window and I see a C3 church, Tuggera, on the central coast. She said, she said um, I've been calling them. I want to, is there any way you can put me in contact? with them. I'd love some people to come in and pray for our elderly. I'm like, oh, let me think about that. Mm, yes. Okay. I'll do that. Right. So we go and I ring up the pastors, um, Julie and Phil Oldfield. I go, oh, there's a nursing home across the road from you. Yes. Yes. We know it. We've been trying to get in there for 25 years, 25 years. We've been trying to get in there. And now they're asking us, can we come in there? And that's it. That's but you, but how? I mean, I I don't know how many salvations are on the end of that, but if I didn't go, I was obedient to that top deck trophy. I mean, it just opened up this opportunity for them, right? But that's not the only thing is that I know all these people now, all my Facebook friends went up overnight. (laughs) You know, all these people are watching me now. They're watching me now. So what I post is really important because I know there's probably a top deck driver or a top deck tour guide, you know, looking for some faith. And, uh, you know, you, we all have this ability to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. We all have this ambassador to be an encourager. Do you know, you know, evangelism is just encouragement. That's all it is, to put courage or to put faith in someone else. You know, and I believe that, this, that, that what the enemy does is discourage us so that we don't speak up. Okay. You know, in Acts 4.20, they said, they said they were trying to shut them down. Don't talk about that, Jesus. Don't talk about him. Don't just stop saying his name. And this is what their response was. They said, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. We can't help it. So we're going to be a church like that, C3 Church Silverwater. We can't help talk about Jesus. We can't help talk about the transformational power in our lives. But, you know, we have a responsibility to use faith so that we walk into the promises of God, so that we have got something to shout about. You know, we've got a responsibility to to activate our faith. And I believe that, you know, the enemies come against some people here and you're discouraged, you're disappointed. And I know that God wants to turn that round on a coin today. You know, what I love about a tennis match is how it can turn on a coin. And it's all who actually believes they're winning at that certain time. You know, I was watching the semi-final in an Australian Open one time and 
Warinka was beating Federer. And you know, that's not a common sight. And I could see Federer went off court and he took some injury time. He was off court and, uh, you know, he had to decide what was going to happen when he was off court. And, you know, sometimes things can happen to us, can't they, in life? We get injured. We get spiritually injured. We get emotionally injured. We get physically injured. Yes, you do need to take time out. But the important message I'm here to bring you today is don't stay in injury time. Yeah. You've got to come back on court. Yeah. You've got to get make a decision to get back in the game. Get back in the game. Amen. Yeah. We're not spectators in this thing. Right. We are the players. We're right. on centre court. Yeah. We're the church of Jesus yeah. Christ, for goodness yeah. sake. Yeah. We are the overcomers yeah. because Christ overcame everything. Yeah. There is nothing that cannot be overcome by His power. Do you believe that He overcame the devil and all His cohorts? He yeah. overcame every demon in hell. There's no angel. There's no demon. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. God loves you so much today, but He's asking you to get back on court. Yeah. Come on to centre court because I'm telling you, we face opposition. We're always, always going to have a warinka. We're always going to have someone trying to take us down. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, He won the game, set and match. Amen. When He went to the cross, when He went to the cross, when He laid down His life, we were powerless to save ourselves powerless but Jesus decided he loved us so much he would go to the cross and he would pay one life one man for many for the whole world he would pay the price so that anyone and everyone who believes that Jesus is the son of God and who was raised from the dead will have eternal life eternal life that means your position of your soul goes out of comes out of darkness and be, is transformed into the kingdom of light out of dark into light